Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of beer, the show of teaching, Korea, New York. I'd like to say this is a continuation of Beer Week at Show to Be. A lot of great new businesses, a lot of great new breweries popping up, but the St. Elmo District in South Austin is going to really be thriving and flourishing. You've got still Austin Whiskey Company out there, and now St. Elmo Brewing Company. Tim Bullock. And Brian Winslow are a very wonderful comedic duo. They were both teachers, and it feels like their time spent together at Austin Beer Works was not only serendipitous, but that's where the romance and the kindred nature of their friendship began. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Tim Bullock and Brian Winslow of St. Elmo Brewing Company. History is what I actually was studying. Okay. What kind of any particular type of history? No, my original intent was I was going to be a teacher. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, but um, I started taking uh, Spanish kind of as just those regular fill-in liberal arts classes, right, and right. I was really good at it. So after I graduated with a history degree, I went back to back to school for Spanish. Studied in Spain. I was really? actually yeah. So Spain, not Mexico. Not Mexico. Better yeah. food. Well, they both got good food. They both have great food. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And so I was... Uh, Is there anybody that doesn't have good food? Is oh, the English? The English? So you say, that, oh, you go, sure. Korea, great food. Thailand, great, great food. food. You're totally right, man. The Brits. Right? I mean, the Brits, not that kind of sucks. But yeah. okay, what about who else? Who else has that shitty food? That doesn't have good food? I, I'm not really into Eastern European food. Like Russian food? I'm not really into that. Yeah, borscht. Stay away from lots borscht of... Borscht is okay. Just boiled cabbage isn't that exciting. Yeah, it's a little flat because it's starvation food, yeah, right? You just got to try to not die. True. And, but the Italians, it's like they're it's flourishing with wonderful grapes and cheese. Yeah, they really nailed it. We're, we're, uh, we're making making enemies as we speak right no now. that's not but true we already have enemies <laughs> <laughs> they've already been well well established throughout history so how long did you spend studying in spain I, I just went i went for a summer but then i came back i was studying at rutgers university and that's, oh, cool. i was kind of on track to i eventually wanted to do translation and interpretation work and yeah. i did put that to work before i got into beer i was doing public interest uh law i was a a paralegal essentially and i did a lot of uh translation work and i you know translated legal documents into into spanish you got pretty close to really entering academia as a teacher then did you end up actually teaching no i didn't no i literally honestly what ended up happening is Rutgers is in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and I got a full-time job in New York City, and then I met who was to become my wife, and that, oh, that changes everything. Yeah, that was the end of it. So, But that's a good thing. I think love kind of frames our stories in a good way, you know? Women take us in good place. Well, all right, well, now in our 30s, at least, women take <laughs> us into good place. Yeah, right, you know? yeah. But so it's an interesting thing. You've got this rich kind of cultural background, this culmination of translating Spanish history so how do you develop an interest in beer? 
Uh, I mean, I had been interested in it for a little while. I went to college in Ithaca, New York. There's a really good brewery up there called the Ithaca called Ithaca Brewing Company. They yeah. make actually they ended up. This is before or after I left, but they make really, really good, uh, some really good wild ales okay. up there as well. Um, and so I was always into brewing and working. So you were doing it at home in the closet like dudes do? Yeah, yeah, so it was working in, you know, public interest law in New York City, and you got to blow off the steam somehow. Yeah. And two of my very best friends and I purchased the Joy of Home Brewing, oh, the cool. Charlie right. Papazian yeah, yeah. book, and got a kit from a small uh, homebrew website and just started doing it in the stovetop in New York City. That's crazy. Yeah, the it, first ferments, you know, they happen either in a shed or in like a yeah. garage. But yeah, I don't think yeah. there are lots of garages in New York, right? So you got to do there it in a bedroom. Be. There could be. <laughs> there could be. They're not where I was. Yeah, <laughs> not in the densely populated yeah. areas of it. So this parlayed into what sounds like a pretty illustrious career in beer you worked for brooklyn brewing is that right that's right which yeah. is kind of one of the more notable ones it had a really big impact Ab- into austin absolutely yeah i had i mean brooklyn if you're doing beer in new york you're not doing it without the just the presence of brooklyn brewery right, right. right? They, i mean like they were the by far the biggest one at that time there were only essentially three breweries in new york city wow. when i started home brewing and brooklyn always held events it was easy to go visit. It was a cool space. Yeah. And uh, I was putting my time in at a nonprofit. And New York is kind of sink or swim. Uh, and nonprofits don't. <laughs> they, they're like stones in a pond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. So it wasn't really getting me very far the direction that I wanted to go. Right, right. Applied to Brooklyn. Managed to get a job. Uh, wow. And actually, it was... Thanks to, in part to my Spanish language and what? How did that help you? Well, because I had um, kind of my history was in interpreting documents and you know filling out official paperwork, right? right. You know, legal and everything like that. And the job that I ended up getting was as the export coordinator. Um, Brooklyn had from an early point kind of really developed an export market. Yeah, right. Uh, and so at the time that I was hired, I believe Sweden, the, the country of Sweden, was the second largest localized market for Brooklyn. That's so crazy. number one was New York, New Jersey, Southern Connecticut. So that kind of stuff, does that interest you? Because I'm what, what I'm really doing is building kind of a narrative. Because I think when Brian and I start talking about how we've had... Uh, DJ careers that that's going to bring in this more creative side of it, perhaps even the branding side of it. As you roll your eyes, sure. right? <laughs> but then yeah. I think of logistical and I think of operational. All our beers are based on dance music. <laughs> See, that's but that makes sense. Yeah. Except Sandy Koufax, Shady oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Sorry. Baseball. He was a dancer. Yeah, he was. Well, sounds like he could. Everybody man. knows him for his dancing. Totally. In his South Pawness, right? That's right. Yeah. Real crazy throw, if I record. Like sidearm, is that right? Is Sandy Koufax mm-hmm. a sidearm guy? Lefty, yeah. 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 Mess, your, mess your, your shoulder and your elbow up with that stuff. But so, so you've got this bit, and you eventually, I feel, you get the entrepreneurial yeah, bug. I guess like it's not good enough. You you feel like maybe you've got enough the, the, insight that you can do. What I had like right from the beginning what i was astounded by was how much like right so i was a i was a home brewer and i was studying like doing like a bjcp prep course 
Weekly, which is the Beer Judge Certification Program. Okay. I thought it was Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a second. <laughs> it's like, eh, you don't look like the type, but it's all right. That's Teddy. That, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Soursop. That's, uh, I see, okay. But, uh, Who whoop so your ass. I was like really into beer history, beer styles, tasting beer, making beer. I yeah. was really into that. I got a job at Brooklyn. It definitely focused more, like what you said, on logistics and like the business side. And right. I was like astounded at how interested I was in it and how much I didn't know. Gotcha. Right, and this this is kind of like this will be a takeaway for any any uh, home brewers or or budding uh, entre- entrepreneurs out yeah, there yeah. is you will be su- surprised by how much you don't know. That's the kind of the the uh, that's my favorite part of it actually. Yeah, you go in and you kind of like, well, I've got a degree, I've traveled abroad, I've got a wife and whatnot, mm-hmm. but still, nobody knows shit. Right, Bang. I know like, the it takes, you get to be around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just experience all that. Stuff. I know the beers that they make. I know this and that, yeah. and it just it won't. It, you know, it's you will never stop learning. You know, but that's got to appeal to you. Oh, totally. Yeah, so completely a huge appeal. You know, I mean, like in Brian and I, I mean, we're. There's still so much that we don't know, yeah. and we're like every every single day we're learning something new. So it's an amazing thing. Because yeah. I think that, that at some point you guys converge. Is this fair at Austin Beer Works? Is that kind of where the story kind of combines? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a good time. So I think you're you're a Texas native, right? If I were reading correctly, yeah. Clear Lake, Seabrook area. Yeah, I was right? raised Seabrook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what, so how is it being raised? I know lots of people that. That I went to school with that are from Clear Lake. I'm not sure. from there, but yeah, I went to Clear Lake how was school. it? How do you like growing Houston? up at Seabrook? Yeah, man. Oh, it was great, man. <laughs> um, it was it was a dream as a little kid. You know, I grew up in the bayou with animals and critters all over the place and yeah. water and boats and all kinds of fun stuff. And, you know, basically just swim all summer. And um, yeah, it was it was great. Galveston, you know, 30 minutes away. I got to go yeah. surfing when I was in high school. So you really, really bum? shitty waves. Is that a fair way to put it? Um, not, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> it's not the same as it is there, in California. I wasn't there as, as, as much as some, but I definitely yeah. would go on a regular basis and longboard and on those choppy-ass waves. And cold sometimes, too. In the winter. But yeah, yeah you see, that's, this, that's what sucks about there is the, the waves a lot of time are the best in the winter when it's cold. Um. Freeze, freeze your a, balls off. You just freeze point. your balls off and get a wetsuit. Yeah, but that's okay when you're younger. smaller than me, and so I would wear their wetsuits because I never like had money for my own. Right. And they were always so tight and like <laughs> really, really awkward fitting. <laughs> where does uh, I, I, I? You know, I don't even that. want. I'm just getting to keep the mental picture of it. It's like where is he oozing out of? That's that's the first <laughs> wow. thought I have. Yeah. His ass like kind of hanging it out. It wasn't so it? much oozing; it was stretching like the limbs because oh, I was man. really skinny. Yeah, but so, tall dude though. You're, you're a pretty tall guy. Yeah, I like six three. Were you? Was it? Does that kind of make you an athletic guy? Like in, in high school proper, or just kind of tall and lanky? I would say yeah, I'm kind of athletic, but not very coordinated. Yeah. What kinds of things were you doing in high school? I was school? a swimmer and I played water polo. Oh, there. Well, swimmer makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Long yeah. and lanky. Yeah. Long yeah. and lanky. Not to try to be stereotypical, but you guys have long arms. You make good fighters. Probably. You got reach. On Never me, been like a good a fighter. No. No. <laughs> You've been taken down a few times. I Absolutely. Suppose. Yes. You're all the same height when you're on the floor. So. Oh, that's, that's a right. Good point. Yeah. That's a great point. So doing this Seabrook, this Houston, this Clear Lake thing, mm-hmm. for you, was that kind of academic pursuit part of the picture as well? Like, I got it, and I'm going to finish college. I'm going to go do the college thing. Or was it more free than that? 
sometimes our parents, you know, they kind of give us some pressure and that's right. I, to be honest, yeah. I never really thought about it that much. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to UT. Yeah. And then I went to UT with all most of my friends, pretty much all my friends. UT actually. Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I moved here. And, and so I got in because there's like the whole top 10% thing, or at least it was back then. I yeah. Think yeah. Now. I think it's 8%. But um, yeah, so I wasn't, I went to a really competitive high school and there, you know, there were like 40 people with perfect GPAs. Oh, Jesus. And so it was, it was really <laughs> yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all the engineers from NASA and all the oil engineers. Yeah, because they're right around there. Went to my high school. Yeah. And so, um, but I had pretty good grades. Anyway, so I got into this like, like probationary program at UT. So they let me in, but I had to go in the summer before. So like basically I finished high school and then you have to in go. May, oh. turned 18, May 14th. And like two weeks later, I went to college. And you say, oh, man, that sucks. But actually, it was fucking awesome because, like, I was bummed to, like, leave my friends and stuff. But yeah. it turned out, like, I got to immediately go to Austin, which is an amazing place. Yeah. And, you know, I got to go wild. Because so. you were 18, right? I was like 18. It, yeah. yeah, I was very freshly 18. What year are we talking? Uh, that's 2004. 2004 was a good, I mean, that's a great year. Stuff, Austin is really different. Then. Yeah, right. A little bit looser, a little bit less corporate. No, hardly any brewing or distilling going on at that point either. Live Oak. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like mm-hmm. it, you know? It, that was it. Yeah. And yeah. there's, yeah, there's a bunch of, And there's Real Ale, but I don't even it. remember having Real Ale because they didn't even have Firemen's at the time, I don't think. No, it was a couple years later. Than and that. so, yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up, the first craft beer I ever had was, was uh, St. Arnold for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. I used to steal them from my buddy's dad. And um, those were great. Lawnmower, I definitely remember loving. It was one of the first beers I ever loved, which is definitely where my fascination with Kolsch started. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, and uh, Live Oak Hef in Austin was, you know, we'd go drink pitchers of that and, you know, as 19-year-olds get wasted. Not so bad. Yeah. What, so yeah, what were dude, you? Dude, Hef. Just get, get, messed, get, hef, just get messed up on some Hef, dog. <laughs> Mess on Hef. That's good. I think that's, that's a worthy of its song. You're talking about writing a record earlier. Maybe that's yeah. maybe it's all beer centric pop songs. I don't know. Right. Good DJ as well. Plastered on pills. Plastered on well, that still goes on for me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, Pilsner. Sorry. Okay. I misunderstood. Pilsner. Oh, Pilsner. Oh, 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 okay. Don't do oxycontin. That's the story. It's don't, bad. don't do drugs. Especially when you have means when you're older because you got money. But what was the program that <laughs> what was the program that you got into with UT? It was just like a I don't remember. It's just they called it the summer program. It's, Summer. So just a general sense of like a general interest. Yeah. Topic. So basically, as long as I didn't fail, they would let me in. Oh, that's and good. Then, um, that was, I think, the only semester I made all A's, um, which is good. Nope, no pressure. Let me stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then it was just uh, straight into fall and what did you onward? Because I'm trying to go backwards and I know you're kind of more the brains guy because at least that's what Tim was telling me. You're there brewing and you're kind of focusing mm-hmm. on the details and such. So what kind of major really appeals to that kind of mind were you in english were you i've always been interested in a lot of different stuff yeah i was an english literature major and philosophy um really love stories really love reading i was uh training to be a teacher which i ended up being a teacher for a bit yeah um general general k through 12 or high school or sorry high school or mid school yeah you know i didn't really uh i was thinking more high school yeah was was the idea but like growing up you know my um my mom's a science teacher and my stepdad is uh, works for Boeing and okay. worked for NASA, and so grew up in a very scientific world. So definitely a lot of science and a lot of art. You know, my mom's also a piano teacher, oh, and so a lot of lot of a lot of science and a lot of art. And um, yeah, so in high or in college, I definitely got more into 
stories and playing music and having fun yeah. and experiencing, you know, all of the all of the new things that being away from your parents has to offer. Well, here, here's an interesting question. I feel this way a lot about. Uh, I know a lot more about spirits than I do beer, and that's why I love talking to you. Guys. Oh, cool! Like, you know where you guys can kind of give me some insight. But I had this kind of theory that if yeah, thanks, you don't have a root in art or some kind of creativity and cultural art epicenter at heart, I don't think you can really make great things. Does mm. that make sense? Like because whiskey, you think of cognac, you think of beer. There has to be some soul and passion in it, and it can't just be crafted out. Sure. Does that make sense? You gotta sure. fee, you gotta feel it. How do you how do you feel about that, Tim? Is it I think I mean we'll go for both you guys, but yeah, go ahead. that's gonna I mean, I, I think that if you look at the resurgence recently within the past twenty five years or so, that it it accompanies uh an overall aesthetic change. Yeah. You know, and a, a lot of that has to do also with technology, but it's just yeah. I mean, you you're not gonna you're not going to see all this flourish without some creative sense, you know. Yeah. Now, granted, there's like what Brian was saying. There's a scientific background to almost everything. But yeah, to, for consistency's sake, mostly, right? Right. So you do things the same yep. way. There's a temperature range, mm-hmm. all of that. But you know, I mean, like you could Important. say, yeah, you could oh, say yeah. the same with music. You know, you can have a, a piece of music that's played like exactly like the notes are written right. on the page. Right. And that might sound not as pleasing to somebody else's sloppy interpretation because it might have like just a whole different spin on it. Yeah, it's a good point. So in terms of that wand of creativity and kind of feeling the compositions of flavor, like how do you feel about that? You think that's an important thing, Brian? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a pretty, I don't know. I'm a pretty uh, practical guy when it comes to making beer. I definitely get creative with, with what I want to do and putting my stamp on it or make creating, you know, we've, we've got a few things that we're doing that um, I would say are original yeah. or, you know, I didn't, I'm not really taking ideas from anybody else. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think to make beer consistently and not just like, I don't, and I don't mean like make the same beer really well over and over again. Right, I mean right. like to make beer, all, even lots of different kinds consistently well over a long period of time I think that it is probably more like 60 or 70% science. I think like my, I don't know, the best brewers, you know, are probably like engineers that are really good at talking to people. Very small subset of engineers. In fact, yeah. Yeah. You know, because most engineers really don't do the social thing. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there's all different types of crazy, awesome brewers that do all different types of crazy things. Like, you know, those dudes out in in the hill country, Justin King, you know, they're, (laughs) I've heard they don't even take gravity readings. It's amazing. Um, they just feel it. They yeah. put their finger up in there. It's like, this feels right. Right. Then right. They, they're doing awesome stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah, for me, um, it it's probably a little science heavy, but there's definitely, um, you know, it all starts in the head. It all starts with a concept. It's sure. not like I want to execute this. It's always like, oh, what would be, what would be fun? What would be great? What, right. You know, what is this? What is, what does Carl taste like? Yeah. yeah Who yeah. the hell is Carl? And you know. What, what's he taste like? The amazing Carl Winslow, then. That's Unless right. that was a joke. I hope that was real. It's kind of real. Good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Then we're going to talk. We have to talk about that then. So, your introduction, Brian, to brewing, because it seems like you're building this great collection of soft skills and hard skills, those kind of detail oriented things, you know, mm-hmm. engineering based. What is the first experience you have where you're kind of messing around? Is it or with ingredients and things? Is it home brewing too? Home brewing, yeah. Um, yeah, so I went. 
And I mean, I guess I first fell in love with craft beer drinking it, yeah, obviously. Sure. Every, everybody. That's how it starts. So. Yeah. And then I actually went to teach English in Korea with my wife no or kidding. my girlfriend at the time. And um, so we taught there for a year. And that is actually when I, be I became infatuated with trying to make beer, which was really hard. And so what I did was read. And so I think I probably read four or five brewing books before I ever brewed a batch. Really? Yeah. But what, what, what's the impetus for you wanting to like get your hands dirty and create this thing? Like why? Why? You can buy it all over the place, right? Not in Korea. Well, that's a good point. Um, well, you buy soju, you, right? You can buy soju. Soju. Dollar a bottle, man. That that's not bad. awesome. It's good. It's horrible and it's awesome at the same time. <laughs> Much like life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know exactly why. I just I just got really, really fascinated with with uh, the process yeah with you know the, it's it's so there's so much mystery and mysticism of like you take these ingredients yeah you know it's grain and hops and yeasty water right and then but then you like you you really you make a brew and then you give it to yeast and then you're like okay what's gonna happen right you know it's different you're at every the time. mercy kind of yeah, yeah you are you're working you have a partner you know mm -hmm. like it's not like i you know we're we're working with another living organism to make this drink and yeah you can kind of whip it into submission every now and then but you really kind of you gotta you gotta fluff it and yeah. tickle it and make sure that you, you, give it, you give it what it wants. You know what I mean? It totally is. Again, so, much like life. Yeah. You gotta give it something and it'll give you something back. Yeah. So um it's fascinating. You know, I'm I'm still fascinated by it. And like Tim said, we we learn new stuff every day. Yeah. Um yeah. So just curiosity, I guess, in general, um, of the process is what got me fascinated. Inquisitive mind, as they say, which I think is a good thing. Necessary to be a brewer. I think so too. So, all right, good. All right, so we get two backgrounds. This is it interesting parallels in the trajectories here. You guys kind of see that, and this is probably a match made in heaven in some sense, or at least via beer. I wake right? up every morning glad that I'm a C10, <laughs> and your eyes are sparkling. That's I can right. see it. Yeah. So, two teachers, you guys intersect paths at Austin Beer Works. Is that where this yep. team starts to get forged? Yeah. So, totally. who is at Austin Beer Works first? The Brian the gray area. Yeah, Brian, okay. Brian it's different. Ty goes to the runner. before I did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I moved to Austin six months, six to eight months after they opened. What, uh, what year are we talking? 2011. 2011. 2011. Okay. Yeah. So just a few years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so. Um, six years ago. The math Stat. checks out, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. He's right. Crazy. It is. Isn't it it's three years to 2020. Science. Oh, Jesus. Coming Barbara Walters coming back. Right? Oh, yeah, That's right? when Hugh Downs' zombie will come back and haunt us all, mind you. God. Barbara Walters when he too. passed. But I think he's still alive, actually. I think I'm, I'm doing the Barbara Walters isn't dead. No, but Hugh Downs is dead, right? John Stossel's career is dead. <laughs> Just going through. <laughs> Look all at that. I, look, it is. Name dropping. Yeah, for well, I love real. big John Stossel. The Stossel. Stosselhoff. Anyway, but yeah, so 2011, yes. you've got to step in, Tim, and you're coming right. to this. And it's a gray area as to who started first. Sure. But it's both volunteering. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. What, in what capacity? You have to Cannon. do case packs? Cannon. Okay. Cannon stuff. Yeah, yeah they Cannon had. Stuff. Yeah, so no. Do no, it again. Brian, Brian volunteered before I did. I came, I moved to Austin, and I didn't have a job when I moved here. So I put in 
like a pretty solid month when I first moved here. Why did you move here, by the way? Tim? What, what brought I you here? Never, was it love as well? Never figured that one. Cl- no. no, it's the classic Austin story. Just Which wanted to go somewhere else. That's yeah, right. Totally Austin seemed was. cool. Well, that's fine. Fine, it, it worked out. I know. I'm glad he came. Yeah, fuck yeah, it, it is. is. What it I believe is. it too. I, I really do think you're glad he came, bro. <laughs> it sounds like you're actually legitimately happy that he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had there was there was somebody at the bar the other day who was like really pro, she she was a Texas native and she was like really probing me like why did you why did you come here you right. know why you're from the northeast what what made you want to come here blah 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 and this is like at the in the tasting room at St. Elmo Brewing Company and it, she was like really pushing it's hard like on accusatory this, kind of thing? almost accusatory yeah. and so I just said well. You know, I, I wanted to piss you off. Maybe. That's why I came here. <laughs> I, like I could, I could maybe not have moved here, and then this wouldn't be here. I like, I don't know how to answer that. Wait, question. Do, do, don't you like what you're seeing? Making Wait, me regret yeah. that decision, right? Go bit. backwards, back to the future. This shit, you don't want to do that. No, you don't want to disappear. But back so you guys are ultimately, past. what is that spark that kind of arises between you where maybe there's a creative partnership or there's an operational partnership. How did that actually forge between the two of you as a volunteer? We, we both, well, I mean, like, so our, our actual volunteering, we only overlapped a handful of times. Okay. But, I mean, like, I always liked Brian and he was easy to talk to yeah. and, like, you know. Um, and then we both were hired about three months apart and just kind of, dedicated ourselves to making sure that the beer was as good as possible yeah which is yeah. like what pretty much everybody does at austin beer works once they get signed. there's a real uh there's a real draw to the team there sure you know and like it was brian and me and this other guy tom who still works at beer works mm-hmm. and we we just were like a cleanup crew on the can line yeah uh and we all just we all got along really really well kind of have to yeah is it one it of was the great, w- man. It was super fun. And then it was us, and then Chance and Colin, um, and then Adam and Will, obviously, yeah. Yeah. making all the beer. It was Yeah, so it was, it was a real fun. small small crew. Yeah. Like Brian said, you kind of had to get along. It was just like, so it was a tight-knit group really quick. How would you feel about what was really like this rise to popularity in, the I would say, the last five years with Austin Beer Works as a brand? It's the place you go to Mohawk, and you can get one. You can go to, you know. Awesome. Crazy the movie theater. And, Dude, exactly. Right, watch Radiohead and have a Pearl Snap. Right. It's, it's like a mind-blowing cool. thing. How, yeah. how did you guys feel to be I, a part of that rise? It felt to to be honest. Mm. I wish, I wish I could have seen that from the outside, uh, just because we were we were so submerged in it, and like we lived and breathed that brand yeah. and like the work that we did there, and you know it was like the amount of effort everybody put in at the very beginning. You know, because like I said, we, we we were hired you know only a year after they first opened, right, right. and so it was literally like. It was all hands on deck pretty much at all time. And so it was it, long days, man. Like yeah. some of them were most of them were at least ten hours. No, yeah. Most I, of them were much more than that. Especially so it, when you're doing something, right? You're not sitting at a desk, you're actually putting a thing mm-hmm. in another thing, you're putting it in a box, you're getting mm-hmm. it shipped out, you're palletizing stuff. Mm-hmm. Putting a thing in another thing. Oh come putting on. A, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I mean it is. You it, you are was, physically doing things, manually doing stuff all day. Yeah. So there was there was I mean, there was tons of payoff. Yeah. We saw it, you know, day after day, and they treated us wonderfully and it was like a fun place to like get our start. Right. For sure. Well then it, it begs the question 
what was the time or what was the incident positively or negatively that made you guys realize like we're ready to do something like this on mm. our own so it, that, I, I remember <laughs> yeah, quote, I so. guess there were two for me I mean obviously well maybe it's not obvious um, I think most people who work at a brewery at least in some form or fashion would love to be a part of owning a brewery themselves sure. someday oh yeah you know um, or at least being able to make their own beers on a regular basis. Right. So and that, legally, I, yeah. I would think that's pretty common sure. about uh, all of us. And then I think both Tim and I noticed in each other a pretty intense curiosity where we'd work a 12-hour day, and then Adam and Will were I was very patient with answering all of our questions all the time. They'd show us how every pump worked and yeah, how yeah. to blow down the boiler and how all the pipe work ran. And, like, and I was probably so annoying. Um, and they would taste all my home brews, which I know they hated, Hated doing it. But then, so one of the first moments I remember was I took them a home brew and I had been brewing for, you know, a year or so. And I took them one and, um, and they hated it. It had full, it was full diacetyl. Oh, okay. it was a, it's a common off butter, flavor. butter, right? butter. Yeah. Butterscotch. Yeah. And I didn't know what that word was at the time. Could and you taste it though? No, no. Okay. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what they were talking yeah, about. And yeah, they were yeah. just like, Oh man, this is full of acetyl. And, uh, but they, I had brought them too and they really liked the other one. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, great. And, you know, and that was like, I need to figure out what is this? What is this diacetyl? Yeah. And uh, that was so awesome because, I mean, it's, you have to be able to take criticism and you have to know that, like, look, you're not going to do it great every single time. And, like, it's the pursuit of perfection that sure. is the whole fun. And so that was really awesome that they were honest and they, they're still honest with me when I take them beers. Are you, are you okay with that? Like, the creative and artist type sometimes feel incredibly attacked. When someone just says this isn't exactly where it could be, not really. I mean, I think sometimes people will criticize, and they'll they'll criticize in a way that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, I'm pretty open to criticism. At least I feel like I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, well, you maybe have to ask other people what they when they do criticize me how I react. But I'm definitely open to it. If the beer isn't good, I want to know why, and I want to know if I can fix it. Yeah. You know? Um. And uh, you know, it's different to everybody too, so that also makes it tough. But then, yes, we were there for a while, and both Tim and I worked our way up. We did all the jobs right. in production, and then he went to the tasting room and led that and did a killer job, and, like, all the staff loved the shit out of him. And I remember that was something that was so strange, seriously, that, like, most people don't just love their boss. Yeah. it's That's pretty rare, and I just remember how much everybody loved working for him, mm. and um, and I thought that was, I was like, wow, I noticed that. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, that's rare. Yeah. Um, so it's like this is a good skill set. Maybe it's one that you don't have. Like you've got the strengths here. You've got the oh strengths yeah, in the he's other much. Place. Yeah, he's way better at talking to people than I am. Um, bribery. That's all that is. Yeah, bribery. Right. I like that. Social bribery or like literal <laughs> bribery. No, blackmail. Oh, good. All right, I get that. That is a huge part of the business. That's, that's something people don't know. That's right. Yeah. Pay to play. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's blackmail. Politics. Yes. But you see it kind of the same way as as this relationship. Tim is unfolding between the both of you. Uh, like so, Brian propositioned me with the with many things. But sure. No, he he's he, it was this all basically comes out of Brian's head. Yeah. And so he approached me at a certain point to talk about going into business together, and it was you know like I guess on my end I had thought about starting a brewery too. I didn't know where it was going to be, what I was going to be doing. I didn't know if Austin was going to be my permanent home or not. And 
kind of when he it, it was at least in my head kind of the missing piece because yeah. he was the person that I knew was like one of the most dedicated people to trying new things and uh you know like we mentioned curiosity before right, and right. inquisitiveness and that like he would think of the things that a lot of brewers would be like no I don't want to do that or no why would you do that to a beer right. and and it, and he his kind of way of thinking was like well let's not say no let's find a way for that to work and so he thought of a lot of different ways to conceptualize beer think about beer think about flavor in general right. you know and and I knew how like just how uh incredible his work ethic was and so he, he when he propositioned me like going over it in my head it was like i can't think of it like i can't think of anybody else say what i just had a really good idea what's that we should take some of rosa and put it in a whiskey barrel oh i know I two that are that for idea. sale this weekend they're rice second fills 150 dollars for 53 gallon barrels Rise good for a beer too. We anyway, just, hey, we so sorry, totally cut them off. Yes, totally cut them off. No, I like it. But see, Craigslist, right? This now. is how it's good. <laughs> this is how things happen. That's right. right. So, but yeah, it's obviously whiskey. I mean, we go drink some whiskey in the moment if you guys want. But <laughs> but so things are kind of. It seems like a nice pairing where your Hall, he's Oats. Now you can flip that if you like John Hall better than Daryl Oats. I'm, I'm not trying to put anybody in anybody no. else's shoes. No, you shouldn't call me Garfunkel. Wow, no, that's. <laughs> That's kind of an insult. I'm yeah, yeah, it yeah, is that's a, a little bit a one trick pony there. But so how, so going through that process, then thinking about now you've got this physical build out. What? How long did this brainchild take to kind of develop and come into take very long, man? No, we hit it. We hit it running. Yeah, we talked about it, and I kept asking Tim before I asked him to really just do the brewery. I was like, Hey, man, how long are you going to live in Austin? I asked yeah. him for like two or three months in a row, and he's like, I don't know. I was like, God damn it, tell me. <laughs> um, and then finally I was just like, Hey man, you want to make a brewery? And so we started talking about it and we, we've really had, you know, uh, we both of us had lots of ideas and a lot of them were all very similar. Right. And we, we really, in the whole process, we haven't disagreed on barely anything at all. Oh wow. Um, we do every now and then. Yeah. Um, and then we fight. <laughs> no. We'll but, go back um, to the fighting. You said you lost a lot of fights, Brian. So let's just say Tim's a winner. That's mas- mostly against women. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Um, no, so yeah, we talked about it, conceptualized it for a while. And the goal was to make something smaller where we could do a more variety of batches on a regular basis and, you know, probably just stay in Austin, limited distribution, but more brew pub style stuff. And then South Austin was really, you know, the St. Elmo area was really kind of the goal from day one. We looked in the Miller neighborhood and east side a little bit but um really the focus was south austin south of ben white mm. where there really isn't anything or wasn't anything much that was open regularly you know i'm not gonna i'm not trying to discount indy or 512 or south austin no, right. they're all down there but they're just not open very much and yeah. so um that experience wasn't there and so we started conceptualizing it and then the abgb opened which was a huge inspiration because yeah. they're, you know, until they opened, it was just like the Black Sheep Lodge down there that yeah, you could go yeah, get yeah. good beer, which is a cool place. I love that place. But uh, they opened and right? We all know they crushed it. Really good beer, uh, really fun place to go, you know, yeah. and everybody in there just swamped constantly. And uh, which is just a testament to their hard work and, and them knowing the market. And so, but it, it also kind of proved like, wow, yeah, like, Let's go. Let's, this it could actually stay work. Stay the course. Yeah. South Austin yeah. is yeah. is for sure where we should go, and a little different, definitely a different neighborhood. But 
Um, yeah, so we looked around and man, we got, honestly, a lot of it was luck. Yeah. We got really lucky in looking for our location. Yeah. We looked at like six or seven locations. The second one we looked at is the one we're in right now. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, it we, doesn't happen that easily. No, yeah. man, we got so lucky. And like we, uh, our landlords we, are we, great. It's at the yard, right? We, we're at the mm -hmm. yard with Still Austin and with Spokesman. And well, I was there this morning. They'll be open in a couple months. And Austin Winery and South yeah. ATX and... We uh, even had drop to, house and we had to convince them to get us. Even then, it, it wasn't even just like, okay, you know, we'll, you know, let, let's sign the lease right now. Right, you know, right. like it was. We had a couple of meetings where it was, you know, we we seriously had to pitch ourselves, basically prove that we're cool. That you're cool yeah. enough to hang yeah, with that right, group. Basically, yeah. we're that's, cool and we're gonna make money. Yeah. That's it. right. Was or this, that, that's, yeah. yeah that's Sometimes you can't let people know you're doing one or the other. That, they know you're cool, but you never wanted to know you're making money. It's one of those things. You got to make money. Right. I know, but right, you right, do. Right. You got to make the rent. And so right. when you think about that complex, and I was, I was talking to Tim earlier, but I have to chat with Chris, who's founder of Still Austin and stuff. And then it's really going to be a cool emerging epicenter for art and culture in Austin. And obviously, all art is secured by booze. <laughs> you know, every got civilization is built on there. it. But so for you guys, what if you think about, and this isn't, like an elevator pitch but what was the thing that you guys knew you wanted to provide and that you could do better than anybody else uh you, well so i guess we don't want to necessarily say that like well, we do this better than anybody else no, like, sure, we're sure. the most but egotism does come not our style yeah you know but what we what we do want to do is let's just say that, that there's right so brian brian lives in south austin his mm -hmm wife grew up in south austin knows the area relatively intimately at right. least definitely compared to me and it's just the idea that this is right this is austin it's such a cool town and it is grossly underserved right. by its local uh local breweries yeah, really yeah, yeah. i don't Especially mean that, small breweries right yeah. I, I don't mean that that's not a criticism that's merely an observation right yeah. you look at so many other cities portland san diego denver even Boston, you know, places up in the Northeast. Asheville. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and you, you see these these small breweries that are more akin to, like, local hangouts, that right, are more right, like right. local pubs or something like that. And we still don't have that in this town. This is one of the fastest-growing cities in the United States. Sure. Oh, yeah. And up until a handful of years ago, like, literally what Brian was just saying, moving here in 2004, and there was, like, a brewery. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's kind of crazy. So we're... It's just the idea that this is a fertile market. This is a place where we want to see a diversity in beer that's being brewed, in the way that it's being presented, in spaces that people can go and hang out. You know, you go to a place like Austin Beer Works, they're going to be opening a new tasting room. That's going to feel significantly different yeah. from Jester King out in the Hill Country, which is going to feel significantly different from, uh, you know, uh, Pine House Pizza. Right, right. Um, and so. We were looking to, again, just kind of put our stamp on it and do another really cool place, hopefully be able to brew beer as well as these other really awesome places that already exist in town yeah. and make another really cool local hangout spot that, you know, you can come and have some really good beer and really good food. Well, I've noticed at. a couple of things that I think are kind of, kind of very intriguing for one. So one, one thing, you guys have cold brew there, mm. which is always good because it'll keep people drinking because they'll be awake. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that'll also be a good vehicle for. It seems like you guys are throwing karaoke parties out there. 
<laughs> we did one. No, but this but this is a thing that that maybe you will do again. I hope, right? Well, at least do it. So that's just that honestly just comes from my wife's family. Um, <laughs> yeah, we stole their Christmas sing along, which nice. they do every. They've done for I don't know, yeah, ten or more years, yeah. and in their living room. And so their friend and one of our good friends, Craig Calvert, uh, is a really good musician mm. and he always leads it and basically it's just get around you know a few days before christmas at some time drink a bunch and start with a few carols and then move on to the beatles yes and crosby stills nash and the grateful dead and just sing a bunch of fun songs together and get drunk that's amazing and so we did that at the brewery uh it was that's super fun. fun awesome would yeah. you consider doing it again absolutely okay would, yeah sure we'll do it next year for sure yeah. yeah and maybe we'll come up with another another reason to do a single yeah. yeah, there's always a good reason to sing and drink, though. That's right. We don't do it enough. That's right. Yeah. And you guys are having, there's like other types of events as well, too. Beyond, we'll talk about the food in a second, but you, mm. is there DJs? Are you returning to the turntable? <laughs> no. Brian? No, okay. Those nah. are gone. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, we're going to start having music here probably next month. Um, both Tim and I really love bluegrass. There's a lot of good good musicians bluegrass country singer songwriter rock and roll stuff in austin south yeah. austin especially yeah. so we're gonna we're starting to you know that's we've never run a venue um we love music we're mm-hmm. music lovers and mm-hmm. we're we're gonna start to try to figure that out and probably have shows maybe once a week or so it's still really cool because you're bringing something down to that specific nestled area in mm-hmm. south austin that's not really there now it is you go out a couple miles or mile and a half so but you're creating a market you're creating a neighborhood is that is that in any way the intention to kind of also bring it there? I don't think we're creating the neighborhood. The neighborhood's been there for a long time, but I think yeah, we're giving them somewhere to go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're there, but there's nothing rallying anybody together specifically like that for us. Sure. South, right. you know? And yeah, we're just the first of many that are going to bring these people together in their own neighborhoods. So they don't have to drive downtown. Yeah. yeah. We had uh, you know, we had a, a marching band come out for our New Year's Eve party. Really? Yeah, so we did a ticketed New Year's Eve uh event and to be honest it kind of was a big question mark the whole time simply because it you know new year's eve is is hit or miss sure right you know and i mean like the people are going to go downtown they're going to go to the east side that's where you're going to see it and so we wanted to bring the minor mishap marching band in to put on like a really cool show and we were charging ticket price and we were hoping to see what happened in the meantime i had actually had a conversation with one of the brewers at Pint House South, mm-hmm. and he totally was like, "Yeah, we tried to pull in New Year's Eve crowds, and it just never worked. You know, it's right, th- right. this is the second year, and we're just we're avoiding it." And so I was like really nervous that maybe we were gonna. He have did not tell me that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did not. I did not tell Brian that. I was nervous. He's a good that. leader, isn't he? He I doesn't ever nervous like, you know. hearing that story. And but see, here's the thing. It's just like what Brian it said. It went off. This neighborhood exists. Yeah. We have people that are less than a half mile walking distance. Oh, that's amazing. Just crossing Congress, coming to a place to drink, and man, we sold our tickets online. We sold them at the door, and we we sold out, man. Yeah. I mean, we filled crazy. that place. Yeah. What's capacity roughly there? Oh, that's a gray area. Um, sure. Inside, it's like 70, 80. That's um, crazy. And then outside... Uh, probably have two hundred. Yeah, or so. yeah, but that's a brilliant thing to accomplish. You guys have when? What was the official open go live date where people could come in and drink? Um, it's not been that long. Oh, since we right. opened, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. December third was our grand opening. Grand so you're opening. talking about less than a month. You're able to sell out an event at a place with 
we less than were only available for like four days. Right. Yeah. yeah that's incredible. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was. It was great. Yeah. And so the response we, is awesome. We were, and this is where kind of like getting to the. There, there's the Battle Bend neighborhood just to the south of us, and then there's between South First and Congress, yeah. you know, just to the west of us. And these are two places that are just if they want to go anywhere, they got to cross Ben White. Yeah. You know, and this, and it's not far. And it's easy for them to do, but it's just one of those, like, I think that this city, more and more, it's one of those mental barriers yeah. where you're like, I'm not going to cross the highway. No, you're totally I'm right. not gonna, it used to be, I'm not going to cross the river, you yeah. know, like, and now it's going to be more and more like, oh, why would I cross the highway when I can just go here? When I can do that. Yep. And so that's kind of like, that's that's really what the intention is. That's what the yeah. hope is. And, and we're happy to see a lot of locals. Well, I mean, just to, in such a short amount of time, you guys are really building a lot of momentum, which is a brilliant thing. So a couple, I have really two more questions for you guys. One is that it looks like there's good food and beers. Mm. Can you walk, what would be, it's a nice, like the weather's here now. It's like in the 60s. It's a Saturday. I'm sitting outside. Pair me a meal. Like what? what's a good bite of food with a good beer if I go mm. visit St. Elmo Brewing Company? Dude, go get that fried chicken sandwich okay. and fries and a Carl. And a yeah. Carl, okay. That's a good and, you're, and you're going to have fun. And that appeals to your most unctuous sense of lust because it's fatty it's rich is that it's mm-hmm. spicy it's salty it's great and carl is just super easy drinking yeah um especially if we're yeah. saying that the temperature has gone up and yeah. the sun is shining that's exactly what you want and i think that's just like a good default and that is a really awesome default like you go in there and you get those two things it's going to be great good time no matter what absolutely <laughs> or you can go in there and get like get his uh like spicy eggplant yeah and do that with the IPA. Yeah, with absolutely. The, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it's just, you can go down there and get anything you're looking for. Mm. It's a really brilliant thing. So you guys, you're saying there's nine beers that you're offering right now? Nine on now, and we're, we'll have a new one released probably a week from tomorrow. What is, not favorite, that's the wrong word. What's the one that will really surprise somebody? So, because it's the sleeper beer. Mm. Is, that a, is that a fair way to put it? Sure. Sleeper beer, that's a good question. Maybe Angus? I would say Angus, yeah. I would Angus. Say Angus. What is it about it? Angus, the dry, our dry stout, about five percent, um, is very full flavored and roasty and strong, yeah. but super easy to drink. And it's one of those very much in America uh, black beer scares people. They're sure. all dark and heavy and right. big and bad, and, and that's just so not true. You know, another example of that is be like Black Thunder. Oh right, right, right. Um, from Beer Works. But yeah, so Angus is uh, is just a killer rocking beer. Um, Angus Young or Angus Schramm? Angus Young. Okay. Course. All right. <laughs> the guy from Phantasm, he's iconic too. Yeah. You know. Thanks for asking. Yeah, no, I think yeah. that it, I, there's so many interesting elements, and interesting chapters and punctuation to the beers that you're working on. There's, there's just got to be a way to navigate it. And nine visits, you can do that. It yeah. Take a little bit of time. Yeah, definitely. Well, so here's the last question. And I think about the impact that opening a new business had on me personally with my personal relationships and my health and you guys are both married mm-hmm. you kids too i, tell them, I know you've got I kids. have a kid do you have kids Brian? No. i do not okay. right now okay you're working on it we're oh. working on it right, that's good it's good yeah it's fun how has this whole process <laughs> been with your respective wives in having to dedicate so much time to make this thing work how's it taken its toll on your relationship then? uh it's there's there's a lot more flexibility and we've never like I've never come to rely on calendars more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean like basically, you know, 
when you start opening a a new business, it, it's a kid. It's yeah. it's a baby, totally right. Every product know. in a way is a kid. Yeah. yeah, right. And so it's just it it's a lot of flexibility on both parts. Mm. And I'm like, there's no sugarcoating it. It is really difficult. Yeah. Um. But you know that's you know that's what partnerships for. And it's like absolutely one hand is there to help the other. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's been at least for me and my wife. Yeah, that's great. So really supportive how about you for Brian has been an easier experience harder experience um it's <clears throat> I mean I guess I don't know for sure but I, I can say pretty confidently it's been a little easier for me yeah because Tim is a child he has a whole nother person he has to right. take care right. of you know there's a lot of responsibility there for just responsibility of time and money and all kinds of things that I haven't really had to think about and so that has definitely been harder for him um, but my wife has been super supportive. I couldn't have done it without her. I mean, she's our, our biggest cheerleader and she, I, I'd say single-handedly, she's probably brought more people to the brewery than anybody else. Amazing. Um, and, uh, she's just an awesome, awesome woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, definitely could not have done it without her. So, um, as for a strain on the relationship, I mean, not really. I mean, we, we knew we were getting into, we yeah. knew it was going to be hard and we knew that I was going to work an, an insane amount. She comes up to the brewery when she wants to see me. That's great. And yeah. you, you live down south anyway, which yeah. is good. I mean, I'm lucky in a lot of ways, but yeah, my drive to work is like seven minutes. So You lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty brilliant. Well, so this has been a great chat. I can't wait to come visit you guys. Thanks for having us, man. This is fun. I do have, because I want to just kind of harken back to the beauty bar days, perhaps even the whiskey bar days. Okay. Brian, Happy look, meals. you're looking at me. That's right. Sure. He's looking at me like, oh, show Lone star and a shot of Jameson. So obviously uh, you're going to have more. That's right. Right. You're going to have bucks. more. It's fucking great. Five dollars. Oh, man. Yeah. Doesn't whiskey whiskey and anything, I'm already, sure. I'm already bought into it. But so I know you guys are going to have more events. I know there's going to be more music. Some live, but I imagine at some point there'll be a DJ. So, oh. Brian, you're going to spin sure. a record. You have some control. Just oh, yeah. pick pick one of the records that you think would set the great tone for your folks out there. Saying probably right. "Human After All" by Daft Punk. Daft Punk. That one. Yeah. Okay. Is that a bad thing? No, it's. I an love that one because okay. it's like well, it I'm I'm a Daft Punk addict for oh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that one because it really gets it to like the marriage of like human and robot, and oh, I think that great. really parallels the science and art, right? Of of what brewing is, yeah. and I I definitely think. This is probably way too cheesy, but I th- I actually think about that when I listen to that album and um and brew. Oh, so cheesy! I don't cheesy think- as fuck, right? <laughs> I know, like it's true. Well, no, he like he finally just demonstrated he's a very insightful guy. Finally, I've been waiting this whole fucking hour. Yeah, well, Ryan I comes was through. just gonna <laughs> say now's <laughs> the time where we say fuck, right? No, it's fine. We just dump him in. But anyway, damn, it's been brilliant. Thanks so much for oh, coordinating, yeah, Brian, bad. as well. We'll see each other soon. I hope you guys have have a good run. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, there we have it, Mr. Tim Bullock and Brian Winslow of St. Elmo Brewing Company, bringing some life, bringing some flavor to South Austin. And Angus sounds like a nice sleeper beer. The food at the truck sounds incredible. Seems like a great way to spend an afternoon or a weekend, depending how much you want to drink. Thank you guys for having such a good time. You know, you're funny, you're, you're kitschy, you're goofy, you're sarcastic. This is the kind of stuff that I really enjoy, so thanks so much for joining me. And thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter which beer and brewery combination you're looking to try next, or if you're thinking, how many more movies about Boston will Mark Wahlberg star in, 
Please keep dancing.